listening to The Mindful Creative, the podcast about emotional health for creative wealth. Brought to you by Creatives for Creatives, this podcast was founded on the belief that looking after our emotional health and mindset brings us a wealth of creativity and joy in our creative pursuits. Hello and welcome to episode three of The Mindful Creative, Anxiety in Creativity, Dark Shadows to Guiding Lights. Joining me in this episode is Marissa from Miss Marzipan, professional art director, recipe creator, and stylist. You can find Marissa's creative delights at missmarzipan.com, on Instagram at missmarzipan.com. I met Marissa, who is a fellow speaker at the first food photography summit hosted by Beyond the Eats. Marissa is an explorer who seeks the creative satisfaction in doing it herself. She truly believes that every aspect of everyday life can be beautiful, whether we make it so with a sprinkle of homemade magic or through simply shifting our perspective to see the extraordinary beauty in ordinary things. Welcome, welcome, Marissa. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Rachel. Marissa and I were brought together through the Law of Attraction and we first met on the Food Photography Summit at a space where we both wanted to share our battles with creativity and mindset. So digging a little deeper, we connected on common ground that we've both had to manage anxiety in our lives. Anxiety can mean a lot of different things to different people. So what does anxiety mean for you, Marissa? Well, it means a lot of things for me. It's probably informed some of uh, the big decisions in my life. Um, But Essentially, I think it is exacerbated for me by this uh, sitting on the fence kind of stuff. Um, so indecision and being, um, you know, afraid to change, afraid not to change, having this kind of paradoxical fear of failure, fear of success. Um, and I guess a lot of it is really just wrapped up in, uh, in fear, really, um, and a lack of uh, trust in myself and my own process. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those points resonate with me. Uh, And for myself, I think it comes down to not trusting in the process of life, you know, the stage of life that I'm at, what I'm trying to achieve in my business. And a lot of the times I'm just sitting there and that what if thing comes up and just paralyzes me because I can't make a choice because there's always going to be a what if. Um, and it just really stops me from moving forward. Absolutely. I totally relate. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me, um, so we've talked a little bit about what anxiety means for you. So how does it show up in your life? Is it something you've dealt with for a long time? You know, does it just, does it come in waves? I think um, that it used to be more prevalent in my life, as in more of a constant um this idea of having like a shadow that follows you around and I could always kind of feel an undercurrent of it there uh these days um it's still there but it does come in waves and it tends to be a little more understandable and explainable I think when I was young and I didn't have an emotional vocabulary of any kind especially when I was a small child I can remember feeling odd I can remember thinking other people know how to deal with this stuff or handle things in a way that feels or seems to be um better than what I can I just felt like I couldn't process emotions uh in a way that made um 
that made life easy. And so I remember hiding emotions, like trying to cry really quietly, for example, um, just things like that. And around the same time, I think I experienced um, anxiety for the first time. And that's pretty interesting, actually, because I believe a lot of it has to do with um, fear and wanting to run from the things that you think are going to hurt you. And in my case, with anxiety, I feel like my emotions are going to hurt me. Oh, but interesting. It, yeah. yeah, I really feel that. And also, um, I believe that um, it's kind of a trick of the mind because, you know, the thing that I'm fearing is coming from within me. I try to run from it and that only makes it worse. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really powerful point, especially I know from my journey is those thoughts were coming from inside me and, you know, I was driving that and I didn't have the compassion or the tools to see that I was doing that to myself. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and so we were chatting about uh, perfectionism and anxiety. Is that something – I know I am a bit of a perfectionist um, and for a while there it was really just – driving me into the ground and to be honest like people don't care if I'm perfect or not they really don't and it's just so poisonous and it was the opposite of joy for me and just really self-imposed pressure I'm not sure if you've felt anything similar oh definitely and I think that's been a huge thing that's run parallel with anxiety my whole life um, having ridiculously high expectations not so much on the people around me, definitely more on myself. I tend to internalize things. And again, that's only going to flare up anxiety if you have a predisposition to anxiety, which I definitely do. Um, then any kind of, you know, perfectionistic tendencies, um, if you run with them, is only going to make that stuff worse. I think um, for me, um, the whole perfectionist thing, the way that has kind of manifested in my life at certain times has probably been because I didn't have the tools to channel anxiety and so what did I do I wanted to control I didn't want to feel certain things uh, I didn't want to look at certain things um, I certainly didn't want to sit with myself I mean god forbid having to sit with myself that was like torture for me so yeah. it was like constantly like looking for you know a way to control how I felt um, a distraction from myself. Um, yeah, it was just like a constant kind of running, trying to get ahead of my anxiety. But, you know, again, with that whole shadow analogy, everywhere you go, you take you. Yeah, and so that that anxiety and perfectionism would probably follow you into your creative pursuits. So with your art direction and your business, how do you try to manage that? Or what does that, what does perfectionist like sort of stop you from doing? Well, interestingly, I think that um, I chose very deliberately a career in commercial art as opposed to fine art, because I kind of had this idea, and I know this is like pretty silly in hindsight but I had this idea that I would become one of these like tortured starving artist cliches if I if I kind <laughs> of and very like self-indulgent and you know I don't know uh, if I if I um went for a career in 
art art as opposed to commercial art. So I specifically chose commercial art because I felt that it would give me more structure um, and, you know, money <laughs> potentially, um, more security essentially is what I thought it would give me. And, uh, and I chose that career path at a time in my life where I felt particularly um, unsafe coming out of a pretty bad uh, patch and I had stopped taking a lot of well, all of the medication that I had been on for anxiety. I had stopped with that. And uh, and I was faced with making a choice about a study path and I chose um, visual communication. And I think one of the things that does help alleviate anxiety um, is the nature of the business that I'm in. And that is that uh, it's not all on me. You know, I am, when I'm working for a brand, I'm representing that brand. I'm not representing myself as an artist. So that kind of gives me a little bit of a buffer, I guess, um, and it also helps me maintain a little bit of anonymity because the things that I create don't necessarily, they probably never actually have my name plastered all over them. It's the brand's logo, you know. Um, and so that has kind of helped me in a way. But now what I'm doing is branching out and I'm starting to share more of my own stuff, my own work, and it has my name on it. So this is like whole new territory for me. Um and I'm trying to apply some of the things that I know about not being so precious in the corporate environment because you can't afford to be. If you're working for a brand, you can't treat every idea you have as your baby because people are going to criticise, you know, people are going to say we don't have the budget for that. I mean, you have to learn how to, like, temper that stuff. Um, and so I think that that has helped me as I move into kind of doing my own creative work um, to not um yeah to not be so precious to not hang on to things uh quite as much as I might have done if I had gone out straight away and just started doing my own thing and not working with brands the way I have so just touching back on that point that you were saying um this led you to choose a different career path do you have any regrets about that or do you feel like the path that you've had to to tread with anxiety has made you a better person? Mm, I don't really, I don't have regrets. I really don't have any regrets about it. Um, for one thing, university led me to meet my husband and as a result we've got three children. So there are a whole lot of things that kind of spun off as a result of me choosing that path. Uh, I do have some what-ifs but they're more like future what ifs. It's not like looking back and saying, oh, if I had done this, maybe I could be here right now. I'm very uh, satisfied with my life as it is today. But I do wonder what my life would be like if I was perhaps a little more um, courageous moving forward from here and explored some of those what ifs um, despite any kind of trepidation or self-doubt I might have. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that anxiety was a, a very big part of my life. Uh, it was probably around 10 years ago and it was a, a real shock to my system because I'd had anxiety all through childhood and teenage years, but it wasn't till my early twenties that I actually realized it was a thing in my life. And mm. only when it got really bad and I had to, um, totally change my life to get you know, to walk side by side with it, um, 
I think it's definitely made me a stronger person. And while I do feel anxiety from day to day and I feel a lot of anxiety with my photography business, um, I do know how to manage it better. And I think I have more compassion for myself these days that when I when I am able to move through it, that it's really, you know, I give myself a pat on the back. And I don't know that I would not have it in my life now that I know how to manage it. It's just something that comes with me and moves quite quickly. So, I mean, maybe that's kind of what you feel as well. I definitely relate to that. And even the kind of the time frame you were talking about of discovering this was a thing for you, like in your early 20s, even though you had lived with it your whole life, that was very much my um, situation too. And um, I don't think that uh, having certain traits has to be a disadvantage at all. I think like a lot of things, it's a bit of that, you know, that gift curse paradox um, where, you know, if you don't know how to manage a particular trait that you've got or live with it, um, then it can cause harm in your life. But if you know how to kind of channel that, then it can actually be an advantage. And I think that certainly there are certain things that I believe run parallel with my anxiety that uh, have helped me in my creative career and in my life in general. And, you know, the whole people that suffer from anxiety often suffer from like this deep thinking stuff. Um, and that kind of existential questioning that, you know, I often do and that a lot of people I know who are creative people do, that's not a bad thing, you know, in itself, it's not a bad thing. But if it paralyzes you and it makes you like completely unproductive, unable to kind of get out in the world, you know, afraid, you know, then it's not good. But um, it can certainly be good in terms of, you know, thinking outside the box, Um you know, and then if you can channel those sorts of things into some form of creative expression, you can do amazing work. Yeah. So if you have anxiety, are there certain things that you can't achieve within your creativity in your business or things that you do achieve? Like, I mean, achieving isn't achieving procrastination isn't a thing, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I um what happens when I have anxiety these days is that I am busy, but not necessarily in a structured and productive way. So things still get done. Um, and I consider the kind of anxiety that I have today to be uh, high functioning anxiety. So I can, I do get things done, things happen, but um, they might happen with, you know, some tears involved, more stress than is necessary. Maybe I'm a little bit scared. You know, and so um, it's not as though I'm like completely paralyzed and I'm sitting in a heap on the floor and, you know, catastrophizing everything. It's more that I'm, I find myself sitting at my table. I've got a diary open. There's some papers. There's like several files and programs open on my computer at once. And I just feel overwhelmed and I might jump between tasks without focus um, mm. And eventually the things that I need to get done will get done. Uh, but, you know, it could be an easier process. It could be a better flow, um, you know, and I could be a lot kinder to myself. So that is sort of how it manifests today. Yeah, I definitely relate to that, especially at the moment. 
I've got a lot of things that I am wanting to achieve and the anxiety comes to me in like the form of stress because I feel overwhelmed with all these beautiful ideas that I have. I just don't have the time and the energy to think about each one in their own merit. And so I sort of think about all of them at once and that's when I get (laughs) super overwhelmed. And so I've noticed that even for this podcast, for example, I was trying to pick the music for the intro. I could spend a week on that, trying to get it perfect. But at the end of the day, it it honestly does not matter. So I set myself, I was like, you've got half an hour to find something. At the end of the half an hour, you, you've got no more time. So you just have to pick. And I think that made me feel really powerful because I didn't let it get overwhelmed. And so it was more productive that I was looking at the clock and saying, okay, I've got 30 minutes. I can't have Facebook open. I can't reply, be replying to client emails. I need to do this. And I've I mean, this is not normal for me. It's going to take a lot of practice to do that. But in the moments where I have done that, I actually have got quite a few things done. And the anxiety for me works when it shifts me into action rather than overwhelms me. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I mean, it can be a huge motivator. It can be almost like a, you know, your body telling you this needs to be looked at deal with it um and if you are able to actually do that make a decision then instantly that alleviates anxiety for me anyway um i think this analogy of sitting on the fence um that really really applies i've i was told a long time ago uh, i think it was by a counselor that uh if you sit on the fence that is the most anxiety causing (laughs) place to be if you make a decision either way be it right or wrong or whatever in hindsight instantly you're going to have some relief from anxiety just by making a decision just by saying I'm going to go this way or that way I'm going to feel this you know or whatever it is and I I really believe that to be true for myself as well I think it's it's something that takes practice and I've learned that there's a difference between a decision and a choice and so you can always argue both sides of the fence, which keeps you on the fence. <laughs> yes. Or you can just make a choice and say, I'm going to do this and you don't need a reason and you don't need to debate it. You just make that choice. So for me, that's something that I am continually working on um, and it's something even my husband sent me a text today and he's like, so what are you choosing, Rach? And I was like, what am I choosing? <laughs> I don't need to debate either sides. I'm just going to make a choice on this. Um, and it was got to do with a, a job that had come up last minute and was I going to take it on and did I have enough time? So um, I just made a choice and yes. I felt more powerful. Um, and so I wanted to just chat to you also about this idea that if we have anxiety, there's something wrong with us. Now, I know for myself, when I was going through anxiety and not really knowing what it was, I felt like there was something wrong with me. Um, And so, you know, you and I are both talented women who are trying our best to make our dreams come true. And I just was wondering, you know, for someone who has anxiety, do you think that there's something wrong with them or is there like, is creative, are creatives not cut out 
for a creative life if they have anxiety? I don't believe that to be true. I was very, um, I was very scared or I should say I had hesitation about, um, choosing a creative career just because I had an idea of what could happen to me. As I explained before, this whole like tortured artist thing, um, Having said that, I believe that uh, embarking on any kind of creative profession can actually give you a perfect channel for a lot of the stuff that you've got going on inside of you. Uh, And I think that if you can manage your situation, and my anxiety today I would say is manageable. Uh, Certainly, you know, I went from being on many different types of medication a long time ago to being on none. So that is a huge indication to me that, you know, my current level of anxiety whatever that might be on any given day is a manageable one um and uh yeah I uh, I did used to really believe that there was something wrong with me I used to look around at other people and just feel like they got stuff that I somehow didn't get and a long time ago someone told me to stop judging my insides by other people's outsides because you have no idea what is going on in the mind of somebody else. I love and it's that. Really that's really interesting. Beautiful. Isn't it amazing? I think that's a really yeah. powerful, really, really powerful thing because if you feel kind of like an oddball in the world, like a total alien on your own planet, and you're walking around looking at all these people that are functioning um, and thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't, you know, I can't deal with life the way these people deal with life. You've got no idea what's going on for them. You've got no idea what they're thinking, how they feel about themselves, what their self-esteem is like. Um, so, yeah, that was a really big uh, kind of light bulb moment for me when someone said that to me. Uh, but um, that doesn't mean that I don't do it sometimes still, but I'm more aware of that stuff and uh and I can kind of catch myself if I am doing that and then I also try to be honest with other people you know um certainly on social media I don't try to hide the things that are going on for me it doesn't mean I say everything but I don't want people to think that a manicured Instagram gallery equals a perfect life because it certainly doesn't Uh, so I try to be a bit real about that stuff as well Yeah, 100%. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're having this chat today is because you just don't know what's happening in other people's lives. And I want people to know that I do live life with anxiety and I am able to achieve things and that there isn't anything wrong with you. Like people feel anxiety. It's just different degrees and we all just need to work on what it is for us. And so I hope listeners out there who have had a tough time or who are having a tough time um, are able to see that there is um, a way to move your anxiety into your creativity. And our theme today is dark shadows to guiding lights. And a lot of us obviously can sympathize with how anxiety can stifle our life and our creativity. Um, And I wanted to know, Marissa, what strategies you have to channel your anxiety into something productive for your business. Well, there are quite a lot. I think um, one of the big things right now is um, this old adage that I learned in my first job at a marketing marketing bureau when I was working as a graphic designer, uh, and that was to under-promise and over-deliver. 
I think I have a tendency because I spent much of my old life as a pretty chronic people pleaser, you know, always kind of searching for like kudos coming from the outside because I couldn't give myself that um, validation. <laughs> I can like, to that. I'm, yeah, I'm good enough or I work hard enough or, you know, I'm talented enough. And, uh, and so, you know, I was always people pleasing and, you know, as a result, found myself very close to being burnt out several times in um, different jobs that I've had. And, uh, yeah, I think that um, under-promise, over-deliver thing is something that I really, really have to watch now that I have started to do some freelance work. Yeah, I think um, I have a tendency to want to make people or, you know, brands that I have only just kind of met really really happy with me or really like comfortable with me or whatever like within five minutes of knowing them and maybe they've already written out a brief like they know exactly what they want and then I start thinking what kind of value what extra value I can add to the proposition even though you know the deal is already done it's a really strange thing but anyway that is a surefire way to cause yourself extra stress or anxiety is to start like adding things to the equation that don't even need to be there um you know and also the other thing is it doesn't mean you can't add those things uh but basically what you do is focus on the task at hand and then if you have the resources the time the energy uh left over to be able to add something extra that could be a nice surprise for someone but like not promising that stuff from the outset and then burning yourself out over things that you didn't actually need to even add to the proposition. Yeah, so it sounds like it's a little bit of awareness as to why you're over-delivering, you know, to to be able to realise that I'm doing it because I want to receive praise or I can't give myself praise or I'm afraid that, you know, if I don't give them the earth, they're going to go and find somebody else, which... I have also had to work with that and even just lately like I've been saying no and I can't do this and these are my timelines, no one has actually written back to me and say, well, sod off, Rachel, I'm not even going to hire you anymore. They mostly come back with, I can increase the budget or let's move the timelines and we get the work done. So, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the thing for anxiety with me is that it's almost like my feelings are saying, we're going to get you, we're going to kill you, we're going to hurt you. And so I can catastrophize things before anything has even gone wrong in a process. And every time I have spoken up about something, whether it's been, you know, in a negotiation kind of sense um, to do with, you know, this freelance stuff, it's been okay. Nothing bad (laughs) has come of it. You know, I've said what I've needed to say or, you know, my needs have been met or whatever, um, but it has worked out. It's been okay. And I think that the trick with anxiety is it tells you that things are not going to be okay. And that puts you in a very, you know, quiet place where you don't want to speak up about things. Um, yeah, it yeah, keeps your voice very small. Yeah, so when... When you have these 
episodes, if you like, of anxiety, is it something that you try to shift really quickly or do you just sort of let it pass as it needs to? Because I know sometimes um, the things where you resist persist and I know Mm. that is definitely something that happens with me. (laughs) Yeah, it happens with me too. And I think I spent, um, before I developed certain tools to be able to cope with this stuff, Um, And before I had the kind of emotional language to be able to articulate what was going on for me, I was always trying to outrun my issues, whatever they were. Um, But, you know, like most people that do that, you discover at some point in your life that life always catches up with you, your feelings always catch up with you. If you don't allow yourself to feel what it is that's going on for you today, you're going to feel it at some point down the track. Um, but it might kind of come out in a really inappropriate way or in a much bigger way than it needed to because you tried to stifle it at the time it was actually going on. Um, And so I do try and make an effort to at least sit with myself in that space for some time. And that's not about wallowing in self-pity or anything like that. You move on. But, um, yeah, allowing myself to acknowledge that this is what's going on for me. And I really, I have such a strong policy of better out than in. Um, and that's been a big part of my whole kind of journey, I suppose, uh, with this stuff. Um, and that is that I, um, I want to be able to say what is going on for me. So I don't want to use the word fine when I'm not fine. Um, and, I don't know so many people that do exactly what I do when it comes to sharing on social media. For example, I tend to talk a fair bit about <laughs> my um, my emotional landscape and, you know, it, it's, an, it's not been a strategy or anything like that. Actually, there are times when I share something and I'm like, why do I not have any filters? What is wrong with me? I wish I could just like, you know, not share this stuff. But I feel so strongly that for my own balance, um, you know, and to maintain my own um, personal integrity, I do need to say something of what's going on for me. It doesn't need to be everything, but, um, you know, I don't have a problem with saying I'm having a bad day if I'm having a bad day, for example. And even something as simple as that can help. Yeah, it's the acknowledgement and just knowing that it happens and it's okay. We, we're not perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, Marissa, do you have a quote that has resonated with you throughout this journey? Yeah, actually, um, I, there was a time in my life when I was basically doing a lot of um, group therapy stuff and I found myself in a room with a quote book and a chair and I sat down and I actually had a lot of anxiety at this time but I remember sitting down and opening up the book and the page that I opened it up to had a quote on it and the quote is Actually, I have found the original quote, and so this was kind of like a paraphrasing of that quote. But anyway, as it was written in the book, was I'm not seeing things the way they are. I'm seeing things the way I am. And to this day, that is a favourite quote of mine. It's quite a challenging quote uh, because it puts the onus on you um, and it's very much about perspective and personal accountability. And they were two things which I was in 
dire need of back then and there's still things that are valuable to me today you know personal accountability what is within the realm of my control um, and what is outside of it and basically I see what is inside the realm of my control as being my attitude and my actions and then everything else is beyond my control and if I can accept that that instantly takes some of the edge of the anxiety away Um, And then the other thing is just having perspective. You know, the world isn't necessarily a scary place, for example. You know, if I have certain thoughts going on, they're my thoughts. And what I'm projecting out there is my version of reality, but it's not necessarily the facts. And I don't know if you've heard the acronym for fear, you know, being false evidence appearing real. But very much, you know, anxiety-related fear, because not all types of fear are that, but anxiety-related fear really is that for me. It's my head telling me something that isn't actually based in reality as it is. It's coming from within me. Mm. Now, each episode, uh, Creative will offer a resource that has helped them on their journey. Do you have a resource that allowed you to turn anxiety into a guiding light for your work? Definitely. There's one um, book that I read. I don't know if it's the easiest read, but it comes highly recommended by lots of people. And I read this many years ago. It's The Road Less Travelled by M. Scott Peck. And uh, basically... The book uh, operates on the premise that um, you start solving a problem by first acknowledging it and then it's all about taking personal accountability and for me that was a big part of this journey and certainly um, from I'm not advocating that people who are prescribed medication for any reason should go off it. In my case, it was suggested to me by medical professionals that I didn't actually need to be on those medications, but that I needed to have strategies to be able to move away from that. And I didn't. And so for a while I was in limbo and this book kind of came into my life during that time and being all about personal accountability, it did help me see something, acknowledge some things and then be able to move through them. But there was a lot of other work that was involved too. (laughs) Yeah, and I think... While it can seem hard um, and we couldn't want a quick fix, it's actually really magic to, it's really magical to know that we actually have the power within ourselves to get us through this and to manage it. And I think once, once you realize that you do have that power, there's just no turning back. So I hope for the creatives out there who do feel anxiety in any part of their journey, um, have got something from this chat today and realize that the power is within them to unleash their creativity and move forward and chase after whatever it is that, you know, your dreams that you're working towards. And I just want to say thank you so much, Marissa, for chatting with me today. Um, I found a lot of comfort in your words and they've touched, moved and inspired me, really given me some tools to think about to turn those dark shadows into guiding lights. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with Marissa, she provides daily wisdom and straight talk on her Instagram at MissMarzipan.com. So head on over to the app and check out her feed.
If you'd like to connect with Marissa, she provides daily wisdom and straight talk on her Instagram at MissMarzipanCom. So head on over there and check out her feed. That's it for this episode of The Mindful Creative. A big thanks to all the creatives who make this podcast possible. And until we meet again, thanks for listening.